This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Houston, we have a podcast. You're listening to the Premier Rockets Podcast. It's H-Town Hoops, hosted by Brandon Scott and Adam Spolane. All right, this is the H-Town Hoops Podcast with Brandon Scott and Adam Spolane. Austin Mendez is handling things on the production side. We appreciate you. Um, and we are doing this coming right off of the Kyrie Irving trade. He has been traded to or from the Brooklyn Nets to the Dallas Mavericks for Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie going back to the Brooklyn Nets. And there are some picks involved as well. We're just a few hours away from that. And Adam, let's start there, man, because this is obviously going to be, I would imagine, the biggest piece of, of trade deadline news that we're going to find. Kyrie Irving going to the Dallas Mavericks. I don't think that this makes them that this puts them over the edge or anything like that, but I do think it's going to be something that's really interesting to watch just from a, a basketball standpoint. Obviously, there are implications for the Rockets because anything bad that happens to the Nets or is or you know in, in theory is good for the Rockets given that they own their picks seemingly in perpetuity, uh going all the way down to 2027. So What's your reaction on finding out that Kyrie Irving is headed to the Dallas Mavericks, man? Uh, the first thing is that Brooklyn did well in this trade to get back what they did because they can stay afloat with the package that they got back. Does it make them a better team? No, it doesn't make them a better team. But when you look at what the Rockets need and how this impacts the Rockets, where the Rockets are really tied to what Brooklyn does over the next four years, to me, it feels like, it gives Brooklyn less of a chance to bottom out, which is what the Rockets ultimately are hoping for. I mean, you look at some of the other offers that were out there, mainly the one from the Lakers. And Chris Haynes did report uh, just a little while ago uh, that the Lakers offered their two first-round picks in 2027 and 2029, plus Russell Westbrook to make the money work. That's the type of deal that would have benefited the Rockets greatly because basically everything that Brooklyn would have gotten in that trade, would uh, the Nets would get after the Rockets, you know, basically get their picks from, you know, the pick swaps and the picks going through 2027. So that would have been, I think, the trade the Rockets would have most preferred. This one, Dinwiddie's a good player. Dorian Finney-Smith is a good player. They'll fit right in with what Brooklyn already has. And then the Nets do get a pick, a first-round pick in 2029, that while it won't help them, you know, directly, they could use that pick uh, to help improve their roster in other ways. So if you're the Rockets, this is the offer that you probably least would have wanted them to get. I think, if anything, you would have preferred that Brooklyn just play this out with Kyrie Irving and then let him leave in the offseason. So I, I do think that this is not what the Rockets necessarily would have wanted. But, I mean, that's kind of, you know, one of the issues with the Harden trade is that you are relying on Brooklyn being really bad in order for that trade to really, in order to really cash in on that trade. And I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Yeah. Uh, on one of the more recent ESPN broadcasts, I heard Jeff Van Gundy saying, I mean, you know, when they were, 
or you sort of just reacting to the news that Kyrie had requested a trade, you know, they were acknowledging this is a there's just a business element to this. You know, Kyrie won the contract and, and the Nets not wanting to pay him. And there's a little bit more to it, obviously, than that with Kyrie. But the other point that Jeff Van Gundy made was that he wouldn't he just flat out wouldn't trade Kyrie this year and, and wait for everything to come together with KD and Kyrie and make a he said he'd rather make a run, rather risk losing Kyrie for nothing after the offseason or into the offseason and try to make a run with him and KD this year for one last shot at it. And I thought that was, you know, probably the more sensible way to look at it for me. Like, hey, man, you got Kyrie now. You're going to lose him anyway. Uh, but <laughs> if this was going to be the deal that they could get, you're right. This is the best case scenario because it keeps it keeps their floor like it does nothing for their ceiling, but it keeps their floor at a certain level. I think it's the best way to sort of look at it. And then for the Rockets, Adam, for me, man, my whole thought on it is like if you're a Rockets fan and you're wanting to you're wanting to cheer on this move, you've got to hope that it's more so than anything got a domino effect on Kevin Durant and that there's something brewing there that eventually this means that Kevin Durant is going to get dealt. Now, we don't think he's going to get dealt at the deadline or anything like that, but maybe you have uh, sort of a reimagination of what happened last offseason with Kevin Durant and he gets traded and, and then – all of a sudden it's a full-on rebuild with the nets but as we know there's nothing to rebuild with for the nets you know it's kind of a they're they you know they're 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 on their way to nowhere basically without uh without uh what they have right now you know they basically have no other plan so like for them it, it's just basically it's not sensible to trade kevin durant um because they have nothing else going for themselves so but that's the that's the thing though like to me it's like okay yeah this trading trading Kyrie Irving is supposed to make them worse but this doesn't make them much worse it only the the really the the main hope in them getting in, in them bottoming out is if this has a domino effect on Kevin Durant and I don't know if that it that it will and even if it does have an effect on Kevin Durant, the Nets have already shown they're not trading him unless they get exactly what they want. So if you're hoping right. for, for Kevin Durant to get upset and, and want to be traded, well, I mean, it's just not going to happen because he's under contract for three more years after this. And he signed the extension. So at the end of the day, that's on him. But I mean, that's kind of where, I mean, it, it, it's great. If, if Brooklyn were to trade Kevin Durant and get 50 cents on the dollar, it's great. But if they trade Kevin Durant and get exactly what they want, then again, that doesn't help the Rockets at all. So I do think that if you are hoping or wishing or whatever for the Brooklyn Nets to completely bottom out, I don't think it's happening, at least not this year, not next year, probably not the year after either. Maybe 26 and, and 27, maybe that works out for, for the Rockets. But I just, I'm not seeing it right now. And the Nets are, you know, you can say the Nets have not handled a lot of this really well. And the, the way that they have, the, the way that they kind of cashed in their chip to get the superstars, it, it obviously has not worked out well at all. But I think Sean Marks has shown you that he can prop up a roster. And he can get it to where that roster isn't going to be as bad as maybe you think it might be because this Brooklyn team has played well this season. Now, a lot of it had to do with Kyrie Irving being on his best behavior and Kyrie Irving, you know, playing hard and being professional. Uh, that's a big reason why, but they have shown the Nets have that they can go find undervalued players and make them into something. And so I, I just, I, I'm not expecting Brooklyn 
to bottom out, at least while Durant is on the roster. And if they, and if Durant's not on the roster in six months, then there's a really good, then the possibility is that they made a really good trade to get a whole lot of assets. They're going to make them a much better team moving forward. Maybe not in the near future, but moving forward, they would be better. So I think that I'm just not seeing it right now to where the nets just completely fall off a cliff. Yeah. The the weird thing, I guess what I was trying to get at with, with, trading Kevin Durant is, you know, like to me, (laughs) I don't know. What is Kevin Durant? What does Kevin Durant get you at 34 years old uh, injury prone? I know he's like an all time great player and still one of the better, you know, maybe one of the eight, five to seven best players in the, in the game right now. I still, I get that, but like, what is to, to me, it's just, it doesn't make sense to trade him. I, I I can't see even a scenario that makes it that makes it worth it, given that how you know, I don't know. It just it, it I, I couldn't imagine it. And even like just thinking thinking about what they got back, you know, a, a lineup with you know Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Smith Jr., uh, Dorian uh, Dorian Fitty Smith, and uh, who do you got? Nick Claxton, Kevin Durant. Like that's that's not a bad that's not a horrible lineup, you know. Like that to be is one that, like you said, is not going to bottom out. Uh, as I was mentioning before, the floor is still pretty high with that. And then when you look on the other side, just real quick on the on the Mavericks, like what do you think? To me, this is a, a signal of desperation on the Mavs' part to to keep Luca engaged and enthused, even though they just paid him anyway and he's stuck there, kind of in a similar situation. But what do you think about what this says about what the Mavs are at least trying to do uh, in terms of staying competitive and, and keeping Luca uh, happy, I guess, there? Well, it's definitely a desperate move, and it kind of boxes them into where if they lose Kyrie, which is very possible that, that Irving just signs with the Lakers in free agency because that's where it sounds like he wants to go. But if they lose him, then it's really difficult for Dallas to do anything and improve that roster in other ways. And basically they just traded two of their best assets in order to do that. So like if they were, let's say Irving just leaves in free agency, they're only left with like 22, $24 million left in cap space. And then they still have to deal with Christian Wood. And there are other, you know, they can trade Davis Bertans and maybe, you know, get some money that way or get, you know, free up some money that way. But this is a tough one for, for Dallas, if, if and it kind of feels like they're all in on the Kyrie Irving experience, which basically every team that he's been on has kind of regretted being in that business. So it's just, hey, Dallas, it, it just kind of shows you, it goes to show they could have had Jalen Brunson at, what, $50 million before last season started, and they declined, and now they lost him for nothing, and now – you're just you're just trying to climb out of that hole because that that's what's tough about being over the cap and losing you have to sign guys if you are over the cap you have to sign all of your guys because if you lose them for nothing you cannot replace them and that's why guys get overpaid and that's why you really have no choice but to overpay guys yeah at, at the very least adam they'll be entertaining i i was talking to austin before we started recording before like hey man this is not going to do <laughs> this is not going to put them over the top or make them like you know, so now the West, interesting, interestingly enough, the West is seemingly wide open and there's no clear like dominant force or team that's standing in their way. But this just doesn't seem like it. I mean, you got you got two dominant guard ball dominant guards that I think can actually play together. 
uh, mainly because I think Luca can play with anybody or anybody can play, should be able to play with Luca. But at the same time, dude, like <laughs> how many points did the Rockets give up the other night to Oklahoma City? Was it 153? Like I, <laughs> I can, man, this, this team is going to give up like a couple hundred points a night, man. This is going to be an awful defensive team. Uh, Finney Smith was one of their better defensive players like i don't know like this is going to be this is going to be a sight to see like uh very interested on offense and probably very pitiful on defense if i had to imagine what they're going to look like most likely but in in almost every playoff series that they'll be in they can say that they have the best player and that goes a long way to winning playoff series oftentimes if you have the best player there's a really good chance that you're going to win all right man so on the rocket side with the trade deadline coming up we know the biggest names there were at least the ones that are tied to the Rockets. Now I suspect that it could be a quiet trade deadline for the Rockets, but you never know. And they have some clear candidates that could be moved, uh, namely Eric Gordon and KJ Martin. Let's start with Eric Gordon. Uh, Adam, we've talked about this <laughs> and, and especially with Gordon, he's been, and you've mentioned this, he's been in trade rumors seemingly his entire career. Uh, and more specifically with the Rockets the last, let's say, three seasons. Uh, but now here we are, it seems like it could be finally the, the most likely time at, at a trade deadline where he could get where he could get moved. We know why he didn't get moved the last couple of years. He was hurt a couple of years ago, and they, for whatever reason, decided not to move him last year. But what do you think happens here? What do you think? Two-part question. What do you think happens here and what do you think should happen here for the Rockets in trading Eric Gordon and the possibilities, I should say? I would be surprised if he gets moved. Um, there's They don't need to trade him. And, you know, I I, I have messed up and, and I've talked about this wrong where I've always kind of been under the assumption that he would be a free agent after this season. That's not the case. His contract for next year is non-guaranteed. Basically, the way I kind of thought it was if, is if the option didn't kick in, which would be if he made an all-star team or won a championship, well, then he's a free agent. That's not how it is. That contract is simply just non-guaranteed. So $21 million next year, non-guaranteed. And so, first of all, $21 million for Eric Gordon isn't bad. I mean, that's a really good player for $21 million. And you look at some of the guys who will get paid in free agency this summer, you can do a whole lot worse than Eric Gordon for $21 million. So I don't think that they do it. Again, if, if this were if he were in a contract year, if he were a free agent, well, then the equation changes. And then you kind of feel like, okay, well, we have to do something now because he can just leave and we get nothing back in return. Um, if they get blown away by an offer, then I think they, that they take it. But if they don't, you have you have some options. And those options are, okay, well, we can just hold on to you. You can finish out the year here. And maybe we try and trade you this summer. Or maybe they say, you know what? We'll, we'll have you start the season with us. And then we trade you at the deadline. Or if they feel like they need the cap space uh, after the draft, they can just flat out cut them. And then they can, you know, uh, have some extra cap space going into next year. And then there's the wild card of James Harden, where if James Harden wants to come back, who is James Harden known since high school? Who is James Harden have an immense amount of respect for? It would be Eric Gordon. So there are some wild cards in this. If uh, I just don't see, I don't see any motivation for them to trade him. Um, so that's what I think will happen. Should they trade him? Probably not. I mean, look at this team when he doesn't play. I mean, they are, <laughs> they were one in 24 last year when he didn't play. 
Think about that. One and 24. And the one win came against a Portland team that wasn't trying to win. Portland was doing everything they could to lose games down the stretch last year. That's the only game the Rockets won without Eric Gordon. This year, they are one in seven. And of the seven losses, the average margin of defeat is 19 points. That's horrific. They are not a functional basketball team most nights when he does not play. Again, that's not helping your team moving forward. If you're just getting, if you're getting just beaten up and, and blasted out of the gym when one guy doesn't play. So for me, if they can get 150 cents on the dollar for him, then do it. But there doesn't seem to be that sort of trade out there. And, you know, maybe the market heats up for him over these next few days, but I just, I, I don't see it right now. I feel like if, if there were, if there were a big market for Eric Gordon, he'd have been traded by now. Yeah. Yeah. I, d I definitely agree with that. Now, for me, the way I've looked at this, Adam, is that I've, I feel like I've wanted Eric Gordon to get traded for his own sake because I feel like he just deserves better than what the Rockets have to offer to him right now, and especially where he is in his career. Um, and, and to his credit, that, that's me thinking on his behalf because he hasn't, he hasn't really behaved like that necessarily, I guess maybe until, maybe until recently and in this season, but always a professional. So it's not like, it's not like it's a, like it's a big deal or a distraction or like you got to get Eric Gordon out of here. You know, he's always going to handle himself in a certain way, but I still like on his behalf and, and like just hope that he had a better chance to compete. And also just the fact that, you know, from the rocket side, like he's just a relic at this point to me, like he's a, 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 a signal of the past kind of like, you know, like they're just going in a completely different direction. And I get what you mean about how badly they, and how poorly they play without him, But to me, it just didn't make sense in terms of fit. But what I wasn't giving enough credit to, and that wasn't until it was very obvious this year watching them play, was that, hey, here we are saying that this team needs veteran presence and leadership. And so many people are clamoring for, and then and, and their best trade candidate is, you know, their their most, you know, their clearest, most veteran leader, you know, uh, in Eric Gordon. So it's kind of a of a conundrum because in a lot of ways, it doesn't make sense for Eric Gordon, and and you talk about you know, you know, kind of want to do do right by players that have been professional and have been a big part of your you know recent success or most recent success, and Eric Gordon is certainly that. You know, I would think that you would want to uh, get as most as, as much as you could for him. And also give him a or put him in a in a decent spot to uh, to to kind of not be you know in purgatory the way the Rockets have been. But again, to your point, man, if there was a market for Eric Gordon, if there was somewhere for him to be right now, it seems like that would have definitely have happened. And I want to go back to your point about James Harden because I think that's the most interesting one, and we'll be talking about this probably for a while uh, until you know, the off season happens, but it seems like that is, you know, a real possibility and keeping Eric Gordon around makes sense for basketball reasons outside of that. But certainly if James Harden is a real possibility uh, to, to be somebody that you pursue in, in the off season. And we feel like that's something that that could really happen. Well, let's say Harden comes back. And if Harden comes back, that means they want to win games next year. And that means right. they want to compete for, at worst, the play-in. 
at $21 million, is there going to be somebody on the market available to them for $21 million that would be better than Eric Gordon? The answer is probably not. And so that's why if, you know, we talk about Gordon wanting to win and relic of the past in this stuff, they want to win next year. Like what we're seeing happen right now, it's not happening next year. Next year is when the pressure is on for everybody, especially people in the front office. So if they want to win games, there's a really good thing. Then you're not going to find many guys better available, at least on the market for what they'd be able to offer than Eric Gordon. And that's one of those things where if you hold on to him for the rest of this season and then you see what happens. And if there's an offer that comes uh, before the draft, then maybe you make that move. If Gordon's, if Harden signals to you, hey, you know what, I'm not coming back, then you just wave him and you clear up the money if, if that's the best way to do it. But it's a, it's complicated. They have options, but to me, there just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of. They just there's not a sense of urgency. You know, like we were talking about Kyrie Irving, the Nets had a sense of urgency to trade Kyrie Irving because he's a free agent after the season. That's not the case with Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon's not a free agent, therefore there is no sense of urgency to try and move him. You know, there was no sense of urgency with Brooklyn to trade Kevin Durant because he was under contract for four years. So contract situations really dictate just how badly that you want to trade a guy. So if if this is next year at the deadline and the Rockets are in this same similar situation, well, then it's a no-brainer. You get what you can for Gordon. But at this point, looking to looking forward to next year where they need to start winning games, you kind of need Gordon on the roster, at least right now. Again, if they get blown away by an offer and they get offered more than they could have ever imagined that they'd get for him, then you pull the trigger and you make the deal happen. But it, again, where's that deal coming from at this point? Like you're not trading Eric Gordon for two second round picks or something like that. They have no interest in that. If you can get a first round pick, okay, well maybe, maybe it becomes a discussion, but it just, again, it doesn't feel like that's out there at this point. All right, Adam, what about KJ Martin? He seemed like somebody that's much easier to move, lower salary, uh, super high upside. If you were to do a redraft, he certainly wouldn't be a second round pick. Um, I, I look there, there seems to be some potential there, but also like he's one of their more exciting players. I know that you'd have a lot of Rockets fans that would be, uh, that would be really disappointed to part ways or to see the team part ways with KJ Martin, but he's somebody that would have some value. And there has been, you know, there is some Intel out there that he's been unhappy at times and has wanted to be traded at times. I don't know exactly where he stands right now, but, what do you think about KJ Martin trade possibilities uh, coming up at the deadline? Yeah, obviously the trade stuff with Martin is kind of out there because was what his dad said on that podcast last summer. And then he basically told the team that he wanted to be traded. Obviously the team did not listen and he, his role really has increased this year, but you'll, you'll see a lot of the offers for Martin. They basically just involve second round picks. I mean, that's basically all you've heard. And a lot of that, and this was a really good point made to me by someone, Martin was taken 52nd overall. So, you know, that's a late second round pick. So there are teams out there that say, you know what, they took him, you know, they got him in the second round. They'll be happy just to take two second round picks for him. But that's not really how this works. And I'm just going to run through. This is going to be probably very boring for a lot of people. But let's just run through the first round of the 2020 draft. And I want you to tell me how many players you would take ahead of kj martin so i'm gonna so that's not boring that's not don't don't undersell that adam that's not boring at all i'm here for it let's do it let's go okay so just just count them out okay i'm just gonna i'm gonna name off all the names and you can say yes no and then just keep track of it okay so anthony edwards are you so let me just preface this would you take anthony edwards over kj martin yes that's one james wiseman 
No. LaMelo Ball. Yes. Uh, Patrick Williams. No. Hang on. I'm going to keep track of it myself. Um, Isaac Okoro. No. Onyeka Okongwu. No. Killian Hayes. No. Obi Toppin. You have to answer. I'm, I'm not going to move on until you answer. Obi Toppin. I was going to say, I, I like Obi Toppin. So you would you take Obi Toppin ahead of KJ Martin? No. Okay. Denny Avdia. No. Jalen Smith. No. Devin Vassell. No. Tyrese Halliburton. He's an all-star. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 I'll take. I'll take. I'll take Halliburton. Kira Lewis. No. Aaron Neesmith. No. Cole Anthony. I like Cole Anthony, but no. Isaiah Stewart. I like Isaiah Stewart, but no. Alexei Pokashevsky. No. Josh Green. No. Sadiq Bey. No. Precious Achua. Precious Achua. No. Tyrese Maxey. Yes. Um, Zeke Naji. No. Leandro Balmoro. No. RJ Hampton. No. Emmanuel Quickly. I like Emmanuel Quickly. That's a that's close to a push, but I'll go no. Peyton Pritchard. Pritchard's a nice player, but no. Yudoka Azabuke. No. Jaden McDaniels. No. Malachi Flynn. No. Desmond Bain. Yes. Wow. So the first the first round is that bad where I'd only take like four guys over KJ Martin. You took five guys over KJ Martin. And I'm just I'm gonna go through. I'm just looking quickly at the second round. There is nobody that you would take over KJ Martin, I don't think either. So right there, we just ran through the entire first round of the 2020 draft, and you would take five players ahead of KJ Martin. So if KJ Martin were picked where he probably should have been picked, at worst he's in the lottery. Yeah. And now you're talking about a max extension for him. So if you're the Rockets and you have this guy who would probably would have been a lottery pick three years ago, you're not trading him for a couple of second round picks. You are trading him if you do trade him for top dollar. And what makes it hard is that it's easy to trade KJ Martin because the salary is $1.7 million. Anybody can take that on, but you can't take on any other players. So basically all you're taking back are draft picks under that scenario. And that's just really not going to work for you. So that's why it is so unlikely that KJ Martin were to ever get moved is because of what we just went through. If you if you redid his draft, he goes according to you sixth overall. And now we're talking max extension, not you know some crap trade. Yeah, I don't want him to trade KJ Martin. Honestly, man, I I like. I mean, obviously, if 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 he's unhappy and there's like discord or you know some discontent there, then that's its own thing to deal with. And I'm not sure exactly what the deal is there, but he's a that's a good piece, man. We just did it. Like if he's if if that's that much of a bargain type of steal of a deal for KJ Martin, where he was drafted versus where he probably should have been drafted, then I mean that's something that the Rockets clearly got right, and they get you know they get rightfully criticized for a lot of things, but KJ Martin is a prime example of 
you know, a, a value pick, a valued asset there uh, that I think could obviously be a nice part of their future, depending on exactly what they end up with and how things end up going. And it's not like, you know, it's not like that. It's not like they got to trade him now either, you know? So, so yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's really the more interesting one, but he might be, uh, you know, for all the reasons that we just laid out, he might be the more, the more valuable of a, of an asset to trade because he might make more sense for other teams. Well, and he's 22 years old too. Right. So if you were to trade for him, that's for you, for that team, they're looking at that more of a long-term piece, but here's, here's the other aspect of it. He's under contract for next year. Now the Rockets could decline the option and then he's a restricted free agent kind of in very similar to what Chandler Parsons was going back, what eight, nine years, or you let him play it out. And then he's an unrestricted free agent uh, going into the summer of 2024, but you still have the ability to sign him to an extension uh, using, you know, if you wanted to go in that direction at some point next year. So again, you don't need to trade KJ Martin because you're not under the gun at all. And even if, even if, you know, you, you wanted to, to let him hit free agency this summer, he would still be restricted. So you have, you know, the whole trade stuff is just, you, you have to, there has to be a, a trade worth taking and B you have to want to trade the player or feel like you need to trade the player. And that's just not there for me as of now in any of these cases. Yeah. It's, it, it, it is also interesting though, because it's a roster that, that clearly doesn't work. Obviously they're the worst in the NBA and of course they're going to be, they're going to add players. They're going to have a uh, free agency in the draft and all of that. But, you know, whenever this team does get good again, whenever that is, it's not going to look like this. And so I think there's a, there's some, there's this anxiousness around the trade deadline to see who can you add and who can you get rid of just so the team looks different from, the worst team in the league. You know, I, I feel like there's a little bit of angst there where you're like, okay, how's this team going to look different from how bad it's been? You know, they play a game or a few games like they did, you know, like, the, like their most recent one against Oklahoma city. And you're like, okay, how can we blow that thing up? You know, but it's gotta make, like you said, it's gotta make sense. You can't just trade for the sake of trading. Um, you gotta want to trade the player and the trades gotta make sense. But Man, KJ KJ Martin is somebody that you look at as somebody that could that could go either way. You know, it's somebody that could yield you a lot, but also somebody that could really be a key part of your future. You know, well, I, the one reason why maybe you do make that sort of a trade is that you do have a log jam at that position with Jabari Smith and Tari Eason and uh, Jay Sean Tate is there as well. And so who knows in who knows what pieces you might add. Uh, in the future moving forward but again so but you have to be blown away by the offer I mean that's basically the only way that you trade him is if you're blown away by the offer you'll worry about the logjam later on um, but again there's just there's no reason to make that sort of move he's he's been too good and you have him under contract for very little next year and if you again if you want him to be if you want to try and get something done long term you just decline the option next year he's a free agent and then you get it done that way that's how you keep him long term so again there's no there's no reason to make the i mean if you want the roster to get good 
you need the guys who are already here to start getting better and developing. And obviously that would be Jalen Green. That would be Kevin Porter Jr. getting him healthy. That would be Jabari Smith Jr. getting him, making him better. It would be getting Alperin Shengun getting better. I mean, that's how this team improves, really. And then you add, you know, a piece here, a piece there. We'll see what happens in free agency. But again, there's just there's no urgency, I don't think, on their part to make one big move. And let me add too. You're, you will hear this at after the deadline passes if Eric Gordon has been not traded. Well, we can just what about a buyout? There is no circumstance to which Eric Gordon will be bought out uh, after the trade deadline. There is none. He will not be bought out after the deadline if he is not traded. If he is not traded, he will finish the season with the Rockets. So if you hear anyone talk about a buyout with Eric Gordon, dismiss it immediately because it will not happen. And, and so, but but why is that? Like the, the buyout, just to kind of explain that, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense because now you go through waivers, you don't get claimed off waivers, and now you've lost your bird rights. And so right, that's exactly really right. amplifies how much you can make in free agency moving forward. That's why a lot of these guys don't want buyouts because it impacts how much they can make, you know, in their next contract and the contract after that. So that's why I would not, I mean, it's just not going to happen. You know, another thing about Eric Gordon, and we talk about this, but I don't think we mentioned it here in this conversation. The Rockets have a really bad point guard situation. You know, Kevin Porter Jr.'s missed, what, 10 games, and it doesn't look like he – 10 straight games, that is. 12. 12, how many? 12. I'm, so I'm losing track already. It's 12 games, and and it, it, it's, it's counting. Like, just add this to however many – however long it is before you listen to this podcast, however many games have passed by then, there's no clear path exactly to when Kevin Porter Jr. is coming back. So it's 12 games at the time of this recording, but it's counting past that. And we know, because we've talked about it a lot and watch every game, that they don't have much of a reliable option to back up point guard. And Eric Gordon, to his credit, basically serves uh, as a de facto point guard for them. Him, uh, Jay Sean Tate at times, um, and obviously Kevin Porter Jr. when he's healthy, but then you know, their actual point guards or some combination of Dacia Nix and Ty Ty Washington, neither of which have a lot of NBA experience. And Dacia Nix, of course, has been, you know, a massive disappointment and one of the, you know, one of the worst players on the team, uh, maybe even in the league. But uh, but the the point guard situation here, and since we're talking about the trade deadline, and I think we talked about it a little bit in the previous episode, but if there was a thing to do, you know, aside from players to trade away, like we talked about Eric Gordon and KJ Martin and what their markets might be, if there was a need to address or a thing for the for the Rockets to be interested in acquiring, it would be a point guard. Does it seem like what do you think? Does it seem like it'd be something that'd be better to do now, or is it better for the Rockets to just wait until free agency to address that need? I mean, you can probably find someone who can just fill a role and soak up some minutes when you need it. Um, and one of the things that the Rockets can do um, is they have a $3.9 million trade exception. And so you can kind of go through the teams that are right around the luxury tax or above it and have an opportunity to get back below it. And then maybe you just take on a contract and then maybe say, hey, you know, Team X, you need to get uh, your $3 million over the luxury tax right now. We'll get you below it. Give us this player. And then that way that team gets below the tax and the Rockets get a point guard who or get a player or a point guard or whatever. Somebody who can um, can help, you know, just fill a role in an emergency. But that I think I think the Rockets will not do anything big 
I think Gordon is obviously, you know, Gordon, Martin, I, I would be surprised if they were to get moved. But I do think the Rockets will do something. And I do think that using that trade exception is probably the most likely thing that they would do. And, and you can kind of be a predator in, in that way where, you know, you see Team X, they need to get below the tax. You say, hey, we'll get below the tax, but either give us this or um, we'll just give us a pick. To, to take on that salary. And sometimes you can get teams a little bit desperate or they don't even have to be, um, they don't even have to be like right around the edge of the tax. It could be a team that is way over the tax and, you know, getting rid of four, you know, getting rid of $3 million can, you know, help save them a significant amount because they're in, in repeater tax area. So maybe that's how you do it, but it just, that, that's, that to me is what it feels like they would do, um, at the trade deadline more than you know trading away eric gordon or trading away kj martin or trading away anyone else you know maybe it's because of the injury and because he missed a lot of time this year and he's still playing his way into game shape but it surprises me a little bit that that and i know that they love jay shantae but it surprises me a little bit that he's not somebody whose name's not out there at least in if not with the with the Rockets themselves being interested in trading him, I know they like him a lot and for good reason. But, you know, for the same reason that they like him, I'd figure that other teams would want him like he seems like somebody that would really fit well on a contender and makes a lot of sense for somebody that's looking to add a player that can give him a little bit of an edge. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but again, they they really like him and the salary is low to where you can really you know, you're not getting a player back. And I do think that they're at the stage where they need basketball players for, uh, for some of these, for some of these guys, just because they got plenty of picks and they're having enough trouble getting minutes for the guys that they've already drafted. And so they, they drafted three guys in the first round last year. They drafted four guys in the first round the year before they had two first round picks coming up in this draft. They don't need picks. They need actual basketball players who can help them on the floor really right now and not just right now, but also in the years to come. So that's why I, again, I, I, I'm not taking anything off the table for them. I don't think there's anyone on the roster who is untouchable. That doesn't mean that they would trade them for anything. I think that you would have to obviously overpay. You, you could go call right now and say, hey, we want Jalen Green. They're not going to say, okay, here, have him. But if you make a, a massive, massive offer, you know, 300 cents on the dollar, then yeah, they would do it. They'd be dumb not to do it. If you go and offer Giannis for Jalen Green, you kind of have to do that trade if you're the Rockets. I don't care how bad you are. I don't care how far away you are from winning. I, you know, Giannis is a better basketball player right now than Jalen Green. That's not obviously that's not going to happen. But that's just kind of you know why you have to listen to everything. You all you don't just hang up the phone when you hear one name. You have to hear you know you have to hear the rest of it. All right, since we're since we're on the point of listening to everything, then before we get out of here, I want to kind of get this off my chest then, since we're listening to everything. And, and and I'm saying this acknowledging that this is not gonna happen and that I like you probably anticipate a, a, a rather quiet trade deadline for the Rockets, but I'll say that it would be more interesting if there was two things more of an appetite for Kevin Porter Jr. trade and more of a market for it. I, and I don't know if there's, either. I don't think that there's either, but well, I would can I, can I stop you real quick. Go ahead. It's very hard to trade Kevin Porter Jr. Because of the, the extension. So the extension, the, it's the extension makes it almost in when, when you have a guy who's gotten a, an, ex, a, 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 an extension on his rookie deal, it's basically impossible to trade the guy. So like, I could see Kevin Porter Jr. getting traded at some point down the road, but I think it would be after this season. But go ahead. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And and so 
the logistics the logistics of it doesn't make it make sense right now for this trade de- deadline perhaps but when i'm thinking long term for the team and i'm just saying like things that are that shouldn't be off the table or or things that that they should consider to me kevin porter junior is an interesting one because he's been their best player this year and that that can't be the case like if they're going to be good he he should not be the best player on any team that hopes to be competitive and you know we talk about this need for point guard and i don't think it's his fault he's not a perfect player but i don't think it's his fault that he's not a point guard but we talk about them needing to address the exact position that he plays but then at the same time he is arguably i think inarguably their best player this year and so he's miscast in a lot of ways and should probably not be in the role so long story short i i don't think that he fits into their long-term plans and projections or, or at least should not given the the way that they've invested in the roster otherwise namely with Jalen green like eventually to me those two players will be redundant they will need to find somebody that actually plays the role of point guard and 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 therefore kevin porter jr will kind of be a man without a country at that point so like i know i get that how it wouldn't make sense right now but to me that's the that's the big name on the team to watch out for eventually as the one uh that you're looking that you're looking to get traded and his contract after this season it's very favorable to a trade just because of the way that the guarantees set in so you could you know you you could trade for him next year and that contract for the year after isn't guaranteed until a certain date so you can you know kind of wash your hands of it if it doesn't work out but basically because he signed a rookie extension um porter's got a he's got the poison pill so if you were to trade him out then that would equal $3.2 million of what you would be trading out. However, the team that you're trading with would be receiving $13.3 million. So, right. it's, so it's very difficult to make that sort of a trade work because everyone basically is over the cap at this point. So that's why, you know, you could do that trade with like San Antonio. The Spurs are way under the cap at this point, but that's basically the only team where you could trade Kevin Porter Jr. at this point. All right, so – you said you're not leaving anything off the ta- off the table. We're not making any predictions on this trade. Is it that is it that unpredictable? Or no, that I, don't, I, I honestly I don't think it's unpredictable for the Rockets at all. I would be very surprised if they do anything significant um, by Thursday. And by significant, I mean I don't expect Eric Gordon to be traded. I don't expect KJ Martin to be traded. I think if they are to make a move, it would be to use that trade exception to absorb a contract from somebody, and then maybe they send uh, Boban out. I mean, that would basically be those to me would be the most likely things that they would do at this trade deadline. I just don't think that there is really any need for I don't I don't think that they feel a sense of urgency to do anything drastic. All right, Adam, we will be back after the trade deadline on Thursday and we will react to whatever happens or does not happen. And in the meantime, y'all obviously will by the time this podcast comes out. You'll be getting ready for the Rockets against the Kings. They're going to play the Kings on Monday and Wednesday. So might have a little reaction to that as well. But in the meantime, make sure that you are subscribing, rating, reviewing, sharing, telling people about the H-Town Hoops podcast, the Rockets podcast for Odyssey. Uh, Brandon Scott, Adam Spillane, and Austin Mendez producing this thing. And until next time, y'all be good. 